we love intergenerational <laughs> trauma, don't we? On this podcast. Yeah, we I'm do. I'm Jesse. Hi, this is Helen. And we're Asian Bitches Down Under talking about a rom com that I was lucky enough to attend the media screening of this week, guys. It's called What's Love Got to Do With It? And it's by the producers of Bridget Jones's Diary. And it's very kind of like Bridget Jones's Diary meets Love Actually meets Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah, um, it's yeah, uh-huh. it's got a British comic humor. Oh, nice. Um, and British rom com. And, um, it is a, uh, and it, it does star one of my favorite actors, Lily James. I mm. cannot get over how beautiful she is. I just love her. Mm. She's very sweet. I think I just really like all the roles she's been in. Yeah, she's like a next door girl. Yeah, exactly. Of, yeah, yeah um, she's so. Was she the one in Yesterday? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. film. Yeah. I know me. Well, actually, I hated it when. It came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I watched it again with my partner, and I didn't feel so strongly about it. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, so basically, um, d- diving into cultural consumption um, mm. before we tackle more heavy subjects in the news this week, mm. it's a story about a, a woman, Lily James, who um, is kind of in the rut with her filmmaking career. So she's a documentary maker. Mm-hmm. She needs an idea for her next film. And so she um, gets an idea from her childhood friend who she grew up with, who was a neighbour. And he is of Pakistani descent. So his name is Kaz. And he announces to her one day, they're both in their early 30s now, and he announces to her that he's going to get an arranged marriage, which he now calls, like, in modern lingo, um, assisted marriage, which is where he um, sort of gives the gives his parents, the, like, puts the trust onto his parents mm-hmm. to choose a wife for mm-hmm. him because mm-hmm. his parents were arranged and they're happily married. Yeah, so he, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this film really navigates the sort of different versions of what love means and how to mm-hmm. arrive at love and the different types of love and kind of East versus West ideals of love. Uh, and yeah. um, before I went in, the, um, the Studio Canal's kind of um, press person told me, you need to bring tissues because she said that she had cried um, every time she saw it. She's seen it several times now. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of laughed it off. But honestly, I made the most ugly crying faces in this movie. I was so fucking. Really? Was it, was it worse than was it worse than everything everywhere, everything? It was just as bad. It oh, was really? just as bad. I oh was fucking losing it. I was I was I just like trying to cover it. my face. <laughs> Because I just knew I looked so ugly. Because <laughs> like I have an extremely ugly oh face God. while I'm sobbing. Uh-huh. I was just like I'm so glad nobody can see me right now because I'm fucking losing it. It what was triggered, it was really, What triggered you? Oh, Is it just the family and because it's quite relatable. Since yeah, like everything, Asian everything you've and, said, everything uh-huh. you said. Like, um, uh-huh. we're you know Asian adjacent. Um, yeah. um, our parents were you know assisted in their marriage. Like they were they were yes. you know um they were ma- uh, brought together by a matchmaker, yeah. like an official yeah. matchmaker, which our grandparents had paid for. Yeah. Um, and it was. I cried maybe like five times throughout this film, five or six different scenes. And um, and each time it was just, I think what really upset me was just um, seeing uh, a young immigrant, like the Kaz character, you know, the man, um, mm-hmm. wanting to make his parents happy, 
mm-hmm. you know, and the sense of duty, and then and seeing the older generation not knowing how to make their children happy, but also seeing that their ideas of reaching happiness are different to theirs. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it is such an extraordinary film. I I loved it to pieces, and I cannot recommend it enough. Oh, that's that's good to know. I, I think hope you we, see it. We need more films like this because majority, uh, like the the majority of people who goes to watch the film have no idea of a lack of um, perceptions about immigrant family, and especially they don't know where we're coming from. The complexity of our relationship with our parents and our relationships with ourselves want to move forward in the sense of creating our own future as well. Mm. Understand what I'm saying? Like when you, yeah. like when you're growing up in a like a very white dominant school, it's hard to talk to your friends who just don't get it. No, like, exactly. They don't understand why we're worried or why we're we have this resentment <laughs> towards our parents yeah, and the we pressure. Are, yeah, and the, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's a whole historical thing. It's a background that mm-hmm. has. It's very multi-layered. That someone who isn't ingrained in that, or, or is not encompassed, um, it does. It does not kind of um, is not um, engrossed in that kind of experience, or doesn't mm-hmm. have that history of being surrounded by a lifetime of experiences of that. Doesn't necessarily understand it. And I feel yeah. like a lot, a lot of Australians, a lot of Western people, have this very, very one-directional view of arranged marriages. They just think, oh, um, it. Does it mean that they met on their wedding day? Like mm-hmm. that's all they think. They think there's only one type of arranged marriage mm-hmm. you meet on the wedding day. Like, but that is just one out of a thousand different iterations of like arranged marriages. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So this film is so um, necessary to kind of um, provide a different, I guess, um, a provide a different story or a narrative of what mm-hmm. like love can mean. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking. Because, yeah, in, in the film, there's a there's a um, there's a scene where Kaz and Lily James's character are playing table tennis, and she's like kind of teasing him about teasing him lightheartedly about mm-hmm. his decision to get into an arranged marriage, and he was like, "Do you know what the uh, divorce rate in the UK is?" And then he says, "It's fifty five percent." And then he said, "Do you know what it is for arranged marriages? It's six percent." Mm-hmm. So that must say that must speak for some something right oh that, 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 um, but you can't expect that arranged marriages will turn out to be happy marriages no absolutely no, I mean, different, there are a lot of, of pressures and social expectations to maintain to together it. exactly yeah. so there are different complex reasons for those figures obviously mm-hmm. that's very yeah. one one directional kind of assumption that he makes mm. i agree with you i agree with you mm-hmm. yeah um, okay, so moving on to my cultural consumption, I actually want to talk about some, you know, just random catch up, but we'll get on to our cons- cultural consumption first. Um, so this week, before I start with my cultural consumption, I want to quickly mention that the nominations for Oscars has uh, been released this week, and we're all very happy to see a lot of nominations for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, apart from that, if anyone remembers that uh, in our previous episode, we talked about Kazuo Ishigoru, uh, who is the British Japanese novelist. Um, he's in his late 60s, so he's 
Like his peak was like during the nineties and early two thousands. Uh, the days, the what the remaining days or the buried giants.、Uh, a lot of his work has been translated into several different languages, and he's actually been nominated for best adapted screenplay、uh, yes. for this、uh, Oscar this year. It's called Living, starring Bill Nye. This、yes. is an adaptation of Akira Kurosawa's 1952s Japanese film called Ikiru.、Um, the literal translation, I believe, is "to live."、Mm-hmm. Um, so the film depicts a middle-aged man who had always been living a very stern and disciplined life, and to his face with his own mortality that he's been. Told that he's got some sort of disease or illness.、Um, this is what I observe from the trailer, and then and to then that he reconsiders that how he should be living his remaining life. So,、um, actually, prompt me to want to look up that 1952 the Japanese film.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw the trailer of that、uh, Ikiru, and there's actually scenes of an Asian man crying in that、mm. film. Which、mm. is quite rare, I think. Like、yeah. watching the film, seeing an Asian man cry. So、um, I would definitely go and watch Living as well because I actually quite enjoyed Bill Nye. Like, yeah, he's great. He's regardless、awesome. is a white man, but he is so good. Well, <laughs> Helen loves him because he's in her favorite <laughs> film ever, Love Actually. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's really good in any. Like, his performance is great. He's one of those like theater. <clears throat> yeah. Performers that just does great and everything, so that would be one of the film on my list to watch.、Um, and then this week,、uh, funny enough, my husband and I started watching Flashman is in Trouble last night.、Um, Jess, <sighs> we started watching. You started watching a couple months ago, didn't you? I was abs- I was fanatically、um, eager to watch this. Mm-hmm. And then、uh, it, the 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 momentum and the excitement very quickly dissipated. <laughs> I haven't even finished it. That's how bad it is. I haven't even finished it. I cannot stand the kids, especially the young daughter.、Mm. She is so、mm. freaking annoying.、Um, yeah. It's got to the point where I can't even finish it. I think、mm-hmm. I'm up to the fifth or sixth episode. Okay. Yeah.、Oh, I, I wonder I, if this、I、is how people、thing. feel about the book because, like. You know, it's only until the last like fifty or eighty pages you see、uh, Rachel Flashman's perspective.、Mm-hmm. But I mean, the book really—I mean, I—I I know I've said on this pod so many times I was obsessed with the book, and it really does remain a very like significant text in my personal、oh, guess, okay. reading.、Um, okay. But、uh, but the series, I just I cannot I cannot do enough of、um, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Ugh. <laughs> I cannot.、Uh, just his somber, sad, loser esque face. Ugh. It's, it's、yeah. not. It's not enough. I. I. I just. I can't. I. I. My. My time is too precious. I'm sorry. I think I'm on the same boat、uh, with you. I don't really like it. Like reading is one thing, and having it visually presented in front of you is another. And well, do you think that watching it was easier? Yeah, yeah. You, you expect it will be easier the adaptation, but I think just this one for some reason it just didn't do that well. Yeah,、um, Toby, for some reason that when they adapted into the TV, he speaks really fast and he's jittery、Sorry. all the time, disorganized.、Mm. And I know it's like a satirical of the Upper Eastern New Yorkers, and、mm. I feel like there's a lot. The cinematography is not 
really well done. There's a strange oh, okay. transition from frames that it blacks out for half seconds and change into the yeah. next setting. Um, I don't dislike the novel. I enjoy reading it, but mm-hmm. when you watch it as it has been adapted into a TV series, you recognize how much you dislike all those people in the novel. Like you said, the daughter, and because I, I because I've only watched the first episode. There's the introduction of all those wealthy, disgusting, fake, disin, you know, disgenuine people on those top of the pyramid that looks down on people. Even like they look down on Toby. You know, yeah. those like um, I, I can't even remember what their um, jobs. Are. Women. They're, yeah, they probably well, they're don't even have jobs. You know, those yeah. men, the husbands, um, family friends. They don't even have. You know. Yeah. They, they consider that doctors are kind of like a low beneath them, yeah. Yeah, beneath them because, because their husband, yeah, exactly, managers or some, some sort of you know those very top tier, ultra wealthy, yeah, ultra wealthy. They're inheriting from their um, several generations that sort of family. So it makes me resent the world more after watching the first episode. Yeah, see, that this I, is so fucked. I cannot. I cannot. Yeah, and there's just um, by the end of the first episode. I told my husband, oh, this is actually literally what happens in the, the whole novel, except for they kind of go back to their, going back to the past, you know, think about, you know, because he catches up with other, his friends. And then um, it talks about the daily lives of the kids. It talks yeah. about his sex life after the divorce. And my husband's like, okay, that doesn't sound really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm absolutely on the you know same vibe as you that I, I'm not quite sure whether or not I can finish <laughs> this TV series. Yeah, my my um tolerance level for quality te- television. I mean, it needs to be super high for me to keep mm. watching. Yeah. I cannot I cannot stand the storyline anymore, <laughs> and I kind of feel bad because I love the book. I really did. I genuinely <laughs> love the book, but yeah. it's too Toby centric. It's too long. Like, give me Rachel, please. Mm-hmm. That that was yeah. the redeeming factor of the book. That was what broke me, the last 80 pages of Rachel's perspective. And I guess I can't be bothered to wait until, like, what, the last episode to hear from Rachel? Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, so it's probably not good enough. Not a good, not good a enough. Big hand, a, a big um, thumbs down <laughs> from us. <laughs> um, so my other cultural consumption this week, I've started reading stories of the Sahara by San Mao, a Taiwanese writer um it's actually a 1970s work um about her life in the sahara desert living amongst the local indigenous people the sarawi sarawi people um it's just 300 plus pages about her experience that she encountered the culture shock things like grocery shopping how to get along with neighbors who has goats taking public baths with local people who only take baths like every several once every several years wow. bride stories um mm-hmm. many many things that they were probably still a very like fascinating to us nowadays even though they was written in the 70s and because it was written in the 70s some of the words can be I feel like it's a, a little bit politically incorrect in our modern days. Uh, for example, some of her writing tones may sound like condescending, like mm. towards local tribal people. Um, given the fact that the work has only been translated into English in 2019, I'm yeah. not sure that it will be a revised version in the future. Anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a really fun book to read, very accessible, very easy to read. Most stories are just like, diary entries 
yeah. um, of the uh, her recorded incident. Some some incidents are quite funny that you're like, oh my god, you can never you can never imagine um, because we live in the um, Western world. Um, you have goats running up to your uh, roof, goats crushing down the ceilings. Wow! You need to um, get along with people that has that kind of uh, mentality that they need to follow their own rules, but their logic is just very different to you. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a there's not a lot of her opinions. Like most of her, it's mostly of her immediate shock and response of what was happening um, in her daily lives. Um, like I said, um, a lot of things to do with uh, that she just couldn't fathom why a young girl gets married when she's 10. Mm. Um, I mean, still nowadays is child brides. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it hasn't changed it's, much. It's an epidemic. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, that's not the right expression, but yeah, it's still, it's still very, happening. Very, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's very sedimentary in some parts. So I would i recommend this book yeah i mean even though it's a really thick you know close to 400 pages but i got through like almost half now within a week yeah. awesome so yeah yeah anyone can get a hand on stories of the sahara yeah highly recommend that's a great recommendation mm. yeah and should we take a quick break yeah and when we come back i just want to have a random chat of what has that been happening this week or so and some news yeah, we'll oh. be right back. Hi there. If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google or Spotify and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue to advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry. Okay, so we're back. Um, it only occurred to me like a couple of days after our family Lunar New Year Mm-hmm. I knew the New Year Eve dinner last Saturday that, um, you know, we how we follow a lot of rituals and ceremonies and worshipings our parents devotedly hold on to and insist on doing every year that um, I feel like because we immediately had uh, Invasion Day, the 26th, you know, yeah. uh, after the celebration of Lunar New Year, it occurred to me that, you know, um, one of the ritual to worship that our family has, um, I don't know about other family, but most Chinese family does this, that our parents will do two worships on the New Year, uh, the, on the New Year's Eve. One is for Degezu, which is Dijiju. I think um, literally translated as like foundation master or the guardian of the house. Mm-hmm. And the other one is for our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And 
I was a little bit confused because I was thinking about invasion and I was thinking about 26th of, of uh, January and I was thinking about First Nation people. Mm. And I was also like, it came, it came back to me, I was thinking, okay, so we've been doing all this worshipping for the Degezu, you know, the foundation master for years. But if you talk about logically, isn't the foundation master or the guardian of the house supposed to be like that land, you know, the First Nation people's land? Yeah, yeah. And like, should we respect the First Nations people um, since we're also settlers here yeah, on yeah. Occupy land? Should we still follow the traditional way of what we do as a Taiwanese or should we yeah. respect the spirits of the First Nation people? Yeah. So I'm kind of confused and I don't know if I – like, I haven't thought about it. If I bring it up to our parents, how would they feel about it? Well, I don't think they know much about the Indigenous culture mm. and rights and the history. Um, so, yeah. um, and that's not to be little and, like, I just don't, don't think that they've ever read or read up about it or we've never had any conversations about mm. it as a family. Um, I think that's a very beautiful inquiry that has, you know, that you have been thinking about. Um, I think the the worshiping is more of a gesture. It's more symbolic than mm, than, know, than, than actual like saying, "Hey, um, the earth, the earth god, the foundation master." You 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 speak of. I think Mum had told me it was like an earth god. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more of a symbol symbolic gesture. So they're really kind of just trying to pay tribute to um, the earth below us, in which have you know. Um, has um, necessitated the fruition of uh, the plants and animals mm-hmm. upon which we, you know, have been able to sustain a livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think um, that's what I would say to your query. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand how that could seem like a direct conflict. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel but, like it's kind of like direct conflict, but I don't want to diss what our parents do. As no. Well. No, no. I think it could be nice to bring it up for discussion next time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they do it. I mean, it would be nice to – I mean, everyone I'm, – I'm assuming that my pa- our parents will be respecting, you know, the actual First Nation peoples mm. and respect to the past. And, yeah, it would be something interesting to bring it up in our family gathering. Mm. Um, speaking of Lunar New Year, um, the tragic hap- thing happened last – um, when we were actually celebrating the Lunar New Year, was that uh, the Monterey Park shooting that was ha- that happening on 21st of January. Um, just a, not so much a random shooter, but unfortunately, you know, 11 dead and 9 injured. And it was actually, um, he the shooter was actually going towards the second ballroom studio, I believe, but he was... Um, tackled by this young man, uh, bravely disarmed the shooter. Um, so, so far that the motives motives were still unknown, but um, apparently he, so far the information that most media got was that he's known as a gun enthusiast. He's really? And he's, uh, yeah, he's uh, apparently he's got several firearms in his property. Why? Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. I hadn't read that. He's pretty much isolated from the community. He used mm. to go to the dance studios, but he years ago. But he often complained to other people, saying that oh, the instructor dis- dislike him. Mm. There was also a police reported 
a police report of him that he reported that his family is trying to poison him. So it seems like there's a combination of perhaps mental illness or um, relationship issues. And, you know, we, we can only guess there's a possible dementia combined with other issues, but it's a really sad incident. Yeah, it's horrifying. And Helen, you said that you had um, saw a lot of immigrant groups online and their social media speculating on the motives. Yeah, I mean, speculation is, you know, only speculation, but people gossip, people talk. And I've seen a couple of immigrant forums are saying that um, those studios are um, populated with a lot of immigrants. And back in, this is back in, the, what they said, they're back in the late uh, 80s and also early 90s. There's a lot of Asian family, particularly from Taiwan and China, that has the mother and the children that lives in US and the dad goes back to their home country and still continue to work, you know, mm. operate or run their business back at home. Um, so when you have one partner, you know, living in US, um, I assume that you get lonely and there's this dance studio, you might start some sort of flirting, romance, you never know, and just a lot of gossip within immigrant community but this people are speculating that this could be one of the issue that uh, a jealousy ex-husband because he he was divorced um right. pretty long ago you know he was divorced a long time ago but you never know that jealousy can be maintained for years or decades to come so it could be one of the reason but again it's only speculation you know within the tight immigrant community gossip and rumors can be light up and become a bushfire. Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And tragic that only a few hours later, um, in Half Moon Bay, another mass shooter um, gunned down several people, I believe seven, and he was a Chinese citizen. Mm. Um, I, I believe it happened in a mushroom farm um, oh, in okay. Half Moon Bay. Okay. Um, and um, this guy um, is now um taken into custody and yeah he uh it's it was quite horrifying to see you know within three i think like three days in california like mm -hmm. like something like 18 people died mm -hmm. it, like within two days two or three days it's just pretty horrifying but any of uh does it well no i haven't read it? much into it but okay. no nothing about the mo motives of that have I've seen, but I'm sure something has come out since, you know, since the last few days. But, um, yeah, it's always a horrifying thing and always kind of like a dull, a dull sort of shock because, mm -hmm. you know, it is the most, most shocking thing, these kind of things. But, um, but and also um, at the same time, not but, um, dull in the sense that it, it is something that is, um, seems to be, not uncommon in America, unfortunately. Mm, mm, that's right. And also that I think that this is my own perception. I don't know if you feel it too. I feel like um, <clears throat> shoot the, these two shootings, I try to look up, you know, it's it's almost it's a, almost a week now. Um, but I haven't, there's not much reporting about it. Like well, that's natural. Yeah. yeah, everything moves on within 24 hours. It's the new yeah. cycle for you. Sis. Mm, that's true. I don't know if it's because within Asian communities that you can't 
like uh, there's not enough like journalists want to write about it. I believe something will come out of this. Mm. I'm sure a lot, there are. I, I think um, a lot of great um, Asian American uh, journalists in the in you know the big mastheads they're, they're working at it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I would like to see you know the <clears throat> actually exploring um, because from the gunman the the shooting in Montero Park. There's a lot of there's a lot of things behind it. You know, there's the isolation. There's probably. Um, being the man, being the Asian man, and the lack of uh, support, possibly. Mm. But obviously, those are not the reason to kill other people. But you know, again, gun control is as well. Hopefully, there will be. Um, <clears throat> the, hopefully, that the journalists will start writing about it again. Yeah, it really fucks up a lot of things. You know, without the gun control in US. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to something a bit more. I don't even know how to describe this. <laughs> a, bit more, a bit more like a pop culture thing. Yeah. In the recent, not so much recent times, but I came across uh, Maggie Z- Z- Zhao. Zhou? Yeah, Zhao. Zhou. Yeah, Maggie Zhao's writing on Refinery29 about this, um, which is another TikTok trend. It's called Lucky Girl Syndrome. Mm. It's basically, like I feel like it's a recycled trend of laws of assumption. Yeah, or laws so of attraction. Um, you live positively, maintaining positivity, think, thinking and acting in a positive manner for things to come to you. Like what you put out there is what you get back, and eventually, good things will happen to you. Um, this is actually quite interesting because it reminds me of this conversation I had with one of our family member a while yeah. ago. Yeah. <clears throat> about how one's life could turn around if you were born in a certain family. Um, <clears throat> born in a certain family could determine a lot of what will happen in your life and also about luck. Mm. So I recall that this family member said to me that being lucky is much more important or much better than being white, healthy um, and wealthy, etc. I can't remember the li- um, which line that we cannot agree with each other, but I think uh, this family member believes that luck outweighs the identities. Um, but my own theory is that society is built on those identities to determine your luck. And of course, you know, things vary individually, but this is very extremely slim chance for people who are in the lowest position of the social hierarchy to hit the jackpot, mm. that's what I think. Um, but more than not, you know, identities, are not the your, your identity sometimes you cannot choose your identity you know when you've been placed in this yeah obviously society and so it comes to uh, Maggie Zhao's writing she says that um, I'm going to quote here um, this is the mentality I am on board with I do believe that our self perceptions however limiting or bored uh, influence the way we move about life but the airy fairy positivity that sometimes surrounds manifestation fails to take privilege into account. It is not surprised that the majority of people celebrating the power of being lucky girl on TikTok are white, thin, and conventionally attractive. Luck is supposed to be defined by chance rather than effort or ability. And then she continues to argue that chance doesn't exist in a vacuum. It doesn't operate solely on random possibilities. Systematic bias, whether they work with or against you, hold great power here. Uh, did you get the job because you're lucky or because 
People with Anglo names have a drastically higher chance of scoring interviews. Did you score a free drink before because you're lucky or because you have pretty privilege? Did you manage to rent your dream suburb because you're lucky or because your whiteness affords your access to certain areas? So she goes on into, you know, certain privileges, gives you the access to certain, mm. it's not necessary luck. So uh, yeah. You know, when you sent this to me, I was like, well, how is this even a thing? We <laughs> clearly know that it's not a thing. <laughs> like, I was like, why is this like recycled fucking bullshit from like 25,000 years ago? Sorry, I'm exaggerating. But all these kind of that, like, I'm, I'm, it, it irritates me that these you no know, so called trends that come back, mm. like, you know, they're recycled every, like, oh, the internet is just full of junk. And this is just another piece of junk where, like, mm. it's got people, like, just talking about things that have been talked about, like, exhausted. Mm. like it's the, that this whole <coughs> argument is has been has been sort of like sandpapered down to its nominal like nothingness mm -hmm. to the point where I'm like I don't even like want to like I don't even want to engage with any of it because it's like clearly bullshit it's like it's like talking to atheist I don't know I, I can't think of an analogy but it's just like um I, I thought we had like I thought we had um, sort of dealt with the politics of how wrong this is. Like, I don't know when the laws of attraction was a thing, maybe like in 2005 20, 20, or Only I don't know when that book, book, the laws of attraction or something was like a bestseller. Yeah. And it's like, and, and I remember the chasers <laughs> did something, a skit on it. Like just this kid manifesting, wanting a bike. And then suddenly a bike was like outside his door, you know, it's just like, <laughs> Deeply, yeah. it's so stupid it's just so stupid yeah and i think it's just like fluff that people yeah. need to keep engaging in um and it's just got another like you said just another title um yeah. just yeah it's just i guess it's just part of the stupid internet um trend cycle that you know i mean i think um within that week helen you sent it to me last week uh, i think there were like dozens and dozens of articles about it and then this week nobody's talking about it mm, mm, mm. it gets it gets turned over very very quickly but also, i feel like it's also like there's a group of people who are really privileged they're trying to justify themselves that oh we got all these things because we think that way rather than considering that they're in the position of privilege yeah it's, it's insulting yeah it's, it's deeply insulting, insulting. Yeah. people anyone who yeah yeah um anyone who ever says you know um it's just luck that got me here um is someone who's clearly just blind to their privilege yeah. I mean, even some critics have pointed out that it's especially hard for people with disabilities or people are oh, yeah. oppressed by systematic racism you know how the fuck are they going to think their way out of their situations how yeah. can we change that you know you, you experience um discrimination of your skin color how I, yeah, I want, how can I constantly think that oh, I'm going to be white, I'm going to be white, and then yeah. I'm going to be white, I'm going to get that job. It's it's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's those people who create this kind of trend is a bit, like you say, it's really bullshit because how they're trying to justify their position of privilege by saying that, oh, we did it our way because, you know, we maintain positive. <laughs> it's all those new age <laughs> terrible terrible that's that's like um very very um damaging i'd say mm. damaging and dangerous 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just continue to oppress the people that who, who, who can't, who would never, who, who would need to work, you know, much more harder to get where they want to get to. Mm. You cannot simply just continue to think positively, and it's quite damaging to your mental status as well. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's it from us. Anything else? Any last words? Final words? Or、um, this episode? Well, what are you? What are you? What are you looking forward to、um, as we move towards a new month next week? Oh,、um, I have to take a moment to think about it. School starts next week. I think I'm happy for the kids to start school, but I'm also kind of start dreading because I have to get up early. <laughs> Drop off the kids.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not much, not much to look forward to. I think I'll just have a bit more me time from next week.、Mm. Um, hopefully, that I could start watching movies and the、uh, TVs that I have on my list、mm. next week because I've just been watching a lot of kids stuff with my kids.、Um, yeah, what about you?、Uh, I'm looking forward to、uh, bridge climb. We're going to do、oh, this、yes. time at some point in the next week, so、um, I'm very excited about that. I've never done it. I've always wanted to. I love heights. Give me heights. Like I'm the opposite of those people who fear heights.、Mm-hmm. I love heights. You went、I、to love- New Zealand. Did you actually go to? Did you done it? Have you done any like bungee jumping in New Zealand? Yeah, my sister and I we bungee jumped.、Yeah. My other sister、yeah. in Vancouver. Ah,、oh, um, okay. back in like twenty. 2008, I think, or 2007. Yeah, so a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't know why I did that. I think we got we did that because it was free. Like we、uh, had won something.、Yeah. Otherwise, right now I don't think I could do that. I mean, no fucking way. That was <laughs> terrifying. I mean, I love heights, but I don't want to jump off a high、uh, building. So you like those treetop? Yeah, going to treetop. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I know I'm safe. Yeah, you're secure、um, with heights. Yeah, secured. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay,、um, so that's the end of our program. <clears throat> Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple, and give us a five star rating. If you'd like to support what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us this week, and we'll chat to you next time. Bye.